Welcome to Energetic Influence, where we discuss energy in all its forms, including spiritual, and its influence on us collectively and as individuals. And now your host of Energetic Influence, David Houston. Thanks for joining me again. I would like to talk about right now is what a person must have been thinking. So, the way this is going to work, if you've made it this far, I would like you to get comfortable. If you're driving, maintain awareness for driving. However, like many drivers have experienced, arriving to their destination only to realize they did not remember getting there. And it's because of the trance-like state a lot of times people can fall into when performing a task that they know or are used to doing or performing. So now, as you sit or however you are listening to this, I'd like you to take a breath and notice the air moving in through your nostrils and mouth, down your throat and into your lungs, your lungs expanding and as they expand and you exhale, notice that as well, listen to it. Not only can you hear the sound of your breathing, but the sound of my voice. And as you're listening to the sound of my voice, I'd like you to think back just for, say, a month. And then let's think back, say, maybe a year. And if you're able, can you or possibly think back to 10 years? And now let's use our imagination to think back what it must have been like a hundred years ago. Can we think back to what it must have been like a thousand years ago? Most of us do not have a connection or ability to put in context what it must have been like a hundred years ago, much less a thousand years ago, and how the people of that time period must have been thinking. What were their thoughts? What were their activities? And if we look at today, I know in my own experience, many times I go to write down something simple, something quick. I scramble to find a piece of scrap paper and a pen or a pencil. A lot of times I'll pull out my phone and dictate a quick note or copy a URL that I want to keep and just send it to my wife just to where I know it has went somewhere that I can retrieve it later if I don't have time to actually look up what the URL might have contained. Either way, the point I'm getting to is imagine not having pens, pencils, paper, scrap paper, cell phones, tablets, gadgets, and so forth with which to write. And I was just reminded of a photograph uh, as a screensaver right now when we went to the beach and I had drawn a very simple picture of what could be perceived as an island in the ocean with a palm tree on it, a circle representing the sun, in the sand. And just like sandcastles, its permanence is very short-lived. But the point is, it was communication. And that is the whole purpose of this episode, is communication and the energy contained in communicating ideas. The energy contained in communicating whole thoughts or transmissions of entire reasons and 
desires for something to be done a certain way. I know in our day and age we have uh, blueprints or plans for the building and the constructing of a, uh, a building or a home or even a subdivision. And there's a lot that goes into it. And in the going into it, there's a lot of requirements and regulations that are put into that so that it is built to a standard that we have decided on that represents the well-being of the population. To convey all that information, we use words, we use symbols, we use diagrams, we use drawings, and out of all of that, we have decided to collectively agree on those symbols and diagrams and words. And if you go back in history and you look at languages, and then if you look at the letters that make up those languages, and then if you look at the letters themselves and the ideas those letters contain, and how those letters have changed throughout the years and decades and centuries, and then if you go even further back to primitive writing, even, and I, w I will say cuneiform, and I'm not sure how primitive that would be, those ideas represented in those primitive languages, primitive writing, tell stories. They share information, and again, that information is energy. To think back to people from ancient time, people from time we can barely fathom without using our imaginations to a very large degree, or from reading documents from those long ago time periods, the life the people lived was not too far from ours. Oh, they may not have the gadgets we have, and they may not have had the accessibility we have to communicate with each other worldwide through the internet. They lived pretty much like we do today. They ate, they drank, they found others attractive, they squabbled, Clearly, there was evil in the world, and so there was that whole aspect of humanity with the conniving and the killing and the raping and the pillaging and the wars. The, the life ancient people lived was very similar to ours, and it only differed by not only their standards of living and our standards of living, which if we look at some cities in the United States today, those standards of living have dropped tremendously. People back then and people today are quite similar in their basic needs and desires. Storytelling was quite a large part of ancient civilization, ancient societies, even not so ancient societies and civilizations. Now the oral story was transmitted verbally to others who were listening and they would hear the story again and again until they could recite the story. I'm not sure who in this audience may have played telephone when they were growing up. And if you have 10 people sharing a message one at a time, when the last person shares the message, it's quite different than when the original message was shared. And that's a fun game to play as a kid. However, what can be understood out of it is the personal additions that might be added to that story from the storyteller's perspective. The basic might be still present, but they may add something, they may take something away, they may change the animal involved, they may change the location 
a book that I've been listening to, and I've never listened to or read a book like this in my life. It is Volume 1, The Masks of God by Joseph Campbell. It is, for all purposes, the most scholarly book I've ever put into my mind. The sentences are incredibly well-written, yet long. So I've been listening to it back and forth to work, and it is very informative. It is over-the-top researched. However, what it does in its simplest form is gives a glimpse as to what might have been going on in the people's minds in these ancient cultures, tribes, civilizations, and societies from all around the world. Some of the practices, some of the tales, legends, folklore, myth are horrendous. They are terrible. They are unjust. People being purposefully, or children being purposefully raised, and I think the way that it was termed, it was a bastard child that was purposefully raised, fed very well, well taken care of, loved, because its sole purpose in life was to be sacrificed with a wild boar who had been raised purposefully for this very event and allowed its, well, how did it go? The top teeth were taken out of the way so the bottom teeth could grow out and they would grow up and curl down and back into the boar's bottom jaw. The longer they kept the poor animal alive, the longer the teeth would grow into this curled, desired shape. And after a minute, the pain, well, not a minute, after this had happened and the puncture jaw of this animal became tightly shut because of the spiraling of its teeth, the animal was no longer no longer to, able to eat. And it looked very pale and pathetic as the way the author described it. And if you could get three turns out of that spiral tooth, you had accomplished something in this particular way of thinking. And this animal and that young person were sacrificed. I don't even recall what they did with the bodies thereafter, but it was just disgusting. But it pointed out what people do around the world uh, in their belief system, in their mentality of what they think, what they perceive, what was told to them. And now we can go back to, say, the fallen realm and its influence in our life, again, with words, with communication, with thoughts. And that I've got to do a little more research on the thought or the implanting of thoughts and how the fallen realm may be able to accomplish that. However, being able to put the thought in someone's mind that this type of behavior is okay, this type of behavior is acceptable, then it does become acceptable. And with the acceptability of it, somebody's going to lose their life in a sacrificial ceremony. And not just an animal, but a person. And I know this is not uncommon in a lot of cultures. The sad situation is that they have just stayed in that state of what they believe. And the, the elders of that group, the people who, maybe the priests, maybe the shamans of that tribe this is what's taught this is what's believed and the masses 
or the group that's not the shaman or the priest, they don't know any better. They're, they may even be told to not inquire. Do not look into the matter. If you do, the sun might go out again, a solar eclipse. Until people learn, until people ask questions, then they will be stuck in a state that is maybe non-conducive to life and health for everybody, especially the people being sacrificed. And now when we get into issues of sacrifice, the sacrificial system of people, it still goes on today. And huge sacrifices are made when wars and conflicts are created in order to shift power from one group on the geopolitical, theo-political scale. And that is part of doing business, as they may think or say. Eh. But then if you look at the gods from the ancient world and those who demanded sacrifice, especially child sacrifice, then all one has to do is look at it, the industries that support that without getting into the gross aspects of those industries. When you have to have legislation brought in to either protect innocent life or not, then the group of people are in dire need of help with their thinking because if you're willing to sacrifice one of your own, then you do not value your own very much at all. I shared with some friends of mine that if it's illegal or a felony to have in your possession an eagle feather that you cannot prove through documentation was given to you for some reason by a Native American tribe, you'll go to jail or prison. And that's the feather, not to mention an egg or the actual eagle. Yet, without question, human babies are sacrificed every day. Or that person may think, or that physician may think nothing of it because they have become calloused to what they're doing. Well, ultimately it goes back to a sacrificial sacrifice to one of the ancient gods, and it could be Moloch, it could be Baal. Um, I'd have to look at the reference I have on that to, to determine that. Anyway, the idea I wanted to communicate today was about words and about letters and about phrases and about languages and then the translation of languages into other languages and the energy that each character contains, the energy that each word contains, the energy that each of those letters and words and the sounds that make up those letters and words. And I forget now who it was, maybe Greg Braden, I'm not sure. Anyway, there, uh, there was a video I watched where they were able to reproduce the Hebrew word uh, for Yahweh using only vowel sounds and it, I think that's how the video went and it was really interesting to hear the name of God without the consonants even though the consonants were the original Hebrew and they just added vowel markings later um, but something I think it was during that time period I watched that video where either it was in that video or some other video around that time period or maybe I read it I, I don't recall but it was 
something about vowels are what is common to language among all people where consonants are what divide languages and the nations and if you go back in the scriptures to the tower of babel and how the mandate to the people of earth was to you know be fruitful and multiply and to spread out among the world and then if you look at what happened in babel the tower unto heaven and there's so much more going on at the tower of babel than building a tower to reach to heaven um, if that were the case, the towers we've built, the skyscrapers we've built, we are in bad trouble. But that's really not what the case was. Now, the mentality could have been that, and that could have been part of the reason the judgment came, and the dispersion was made, and the confusion was determined to be put onto mankind with the languages. But there was more going on at the Tower of Babel as far as in the religious sense of it being a... A location to bring back the dead, a, a location to communicate with the underworld, and a location to possibly open a doorway or a portal to that underworld, almost in a permanent sense. And Derek and Sharon Gilbert speak a lot about this, and I would have to look up the episode that it is, but it's in one of their Unraveling Revelation episodes where they talk about the Tower of Babel. And they're on YouTube and Skywatch TV. It's really interesting to realize that there was a lot more going on at the Tower of Babel. And now we have a world full of languages. When looking at language, well, when listening to language and just talking with someone, say, of Asian origin, and they, not, they may not speak good English or proper English, uh, to hear their, the way that they would speak, the way that they would talk, it just illustrates the differences of language and the desire to unite the languages with uh, language. But the understanding takes place in your mind. So if you learn a second language, then that second language would compete with your first or initial language. You would have to make those mental jumps in your mind and so people that can speak multiple or more than two languages that is just amazing and to speak them fluently and not just in a casual sense but to be able to communicate again fluently in another language is amazing but that also goes back to translations of say scripture and when you look at say the King James Bible translated into English and then you have the Strong's Concordance to help you to make sense of what the Hebrew words were and what the original language meant. And then if you look at the, the say, the Septuagint or the, um, if you look at what the original words were and what those original words mean, then you begin to get back into the mind of the ancient Hebrew, the ancient Greek, the ancient... Assyrian, the ancient Sumerian, any of these ancient peoples, if you get back into their mindset and what they were thinking, what they were doing, the life they lived, what experiences they had, how they perceived the world, and when they went to write that down, and they did not have the pens and paper and tablets and phones that we have today, Imagine writing down the Epic of Gilgamesh on a clay tablet. 
I mean, that's just mind-boggling to think about it. When we have technology today to where one can just speak and the text-to-speech engine converts it to text for you. That's just amazing. And so to think back to writing in a language that we could not, as far as I, I could not read today on a clay tablet versus talking to your phone and having it converted to text and you sending it to your spouse who might be at the grocery store. That's two night and day differences of communication, yet it is still communication. It is the ability to transmit information from one mind to, the, to another. And that transmission of information requires energy. It requires the energy of one's mind to recollect what words and phrases mean. So your mind has to be competent of that. Most people are able to have that functionality within themselves without thinking about it because it's based on what they've learned. However, learning new words, becoming aware of new words, and that's why I love the etymology of words because when you understand the root and the suffixes and the prefixes of words and how they're strung together to form new words or existing words that you may have, may or may not have ever heard of, it helps to give you, the reader, a reference to possibly define the word, whether it be in context or just how the word is constructed. And I know that might sound nerdy or bookwormish, and that's fine. I love reading. I love books. I love words. So if I'm a nerd, I'm a nerd. I don't really care. Either way, being able to figure out what words mean is just, I, I love it. And so I'm very thankful for the programs and the software we have today that allows us to look at ancient words, that allows us to look at ancient texts, and allows us to read what they have been translated into. And then what's interesting is to consider different translations. Um, you have different different translators who may translate something one way, another way, a different way, use a whole different word. And by looking at multiple translations of the same text, you get a better idea of what that text actually meant by not being in that author or writer's mind, by not having access to their initial thoughts on the matter. And then here's the big thing. Their thoughts and notions about what they wrote were directly influenced not only by their life and their experiences by also by what they have read which goes into um, this is going to be the next episode we're going to or I'm going to discuss the book of Enoch and how certain certain groups around the world I think the Ethiopians still have it in their Bible whereas we do not have it in our Bible yet it's mentioned in our Bible certain Bible authors show direct reference to it in what they've written. Anyway, what we're going to talk about next week or next night or whenever it is, is what the Book of Enoch shares with humanity as to what was brought to humanity to corrupt humanity when the fallen realm came to earth and mated with women. And the knowledge that they imparted to mankind has been used uh, in a large way negatively uh, to allow wickedness to proliferate into the world as it has. That'll be the, that'll be the next that'll be the next time we get together. 
great speaking with you and I look forward to the next time well I listen forward to the next time we get together and I'll speak to you soon